This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. There's a new era in Twins baseball, and this is the show that keeps you in tune with the team's fresh approach. It's Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins, featuring insight on the new direction, interviews with your favorite players, and more. Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins is presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. Now, here's Chris Atterbury. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. We are uh, Facebook Living. You can catch us all across our network and, of course, uh, you can also stream us online, twinsbaseball.com. Already a big day at Twins Baseball today. A victory, 8 nothing shutout of the Cardinals uh, in Fort Myers in front of a record crowd for spring training games at Hammond Stadium. We'll touch on that a little bit tonight. Jeff Pickler, one of the new members of the coaching staff, is going to join us. Really interesting guy with an interesting role and story. And you'll get his uh, very, uh, I think, uh, fascinating views on the game and where it's going uh, and his role in that coming up on Deep Cuts tonight. That's a conversation I had with him over the weekend in Fort Myers. I also caught up with Byung-Ho Park having a great spring, and we'll hear from Byung-Ho Park and also introduce you to Teddy, his new interpreter. Now, last time uh, on uh, Deep Cuts, uh, last Wednesday, that was prior to Trevor May's uh, injury and the news of his injury that broke on Saturday. May lost for the year. That means that number 5 starter competition really heating up. Barrios pitching for Puerto Rico. Uh, Vogelsong is in that mix today. Two of the other uh, main combatants for that job. Tyler Duffy, uh, as Neil Allen told us in our interview on Saturday's game, uh, they were going to have to see him on the same day, probably split up Alberto Mejia and Tyler Duffy so they could pitch on the same day. Duffy pitched on the minor league complex, uh, got cuffed around a little bit. Uh, Alberto Mejia took his opportunity center stage against the Cardinals. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. It's a strikeout, a foul tip. Castro hangs on to it. Six strikeouts through three scoreless innings for Edalberto Mejia. Swung on a missed elevated fastball, so Mejia. Eight strikeouts. That's back-to-back punchouts. Yeah, part of an 8 nothing victory today. The runs driven in by Joe Maurer and Byron Buxton early of note. Maurer hit leadoff, had a couple of hits, including a two-run double. Buxton batting in the number five start. Also worth noting, Irvin Santana will pitch for the Dominican Republic in the WBC on Saturday. And next Saturday, also our next radio broadcast. Right now, though, let's get to that aforementioned conversation I sat down with Jeff Pickler in Fort Myers. We're joined by Jeff Pickler, newest member of the Twins coaching staff and uh, a former All-American at the University of Tennessee, a guy who's held pretty much every position that you could think of as far as professional baseball is concerned. And first of all, uh, let's talk about exactly what you do because that's been the biggest uh the biggest question mark is it just says coach and you are handling a lot of different stuff it's kind of an ever-evolving role it's a very exciting role i know exciting for you and for the organization but how would you best describe it to fans who look through the media guide and are like okay hitting coach i understand pitching coach what's coach yeah i think 
initially the primary responsibility will obviously be with the outfielders and that's that part's been outstanding very grateful to have a talented group of players guys that are receptive to uh, hearing some new ideas and as a group these guys have a desire to be great for that I couldn't be more grateful they've come out and I think they're all at that point in their career where they can start to take the next step and they've gotten comfortable now hopefully at this level where they can start to slow the game down and really try and uh, take the next step. So I think that's probably the first piece of the job is making sure that our, our outfield play is that these guys are developing and going to the best of their ability. The second part of the stuff you kind of referenced is, um, you know, how can I be available to help as many people be better at their jobs? I think that's really how I see it. You know, if James needs some help and wants to look at things a different way, if Neil and Eddie have some questions, if uh, Molly is looking for some information on some things, I think that's really where, how I see it. I don't know that it's it's ability to help others be better at their job, and I think uh, I think it's going to work out well. The rhythm so far has been pretty good, and uh, it's going to, as you said, it's going to continue to evolve. But I do think that uh, we'll find our rhythm. Now, you're uniquely situated, I think, to handle a job like this. Uh, you've got the mindset for it, an academic track record, uh, a playing record, scouting record, front office. Uh, you've really had your foot in, in every bit of, of the game, but oddly enough, not actually coaching in, until now, which is the son of a legendary coach. Is that almost ironic? Uh, <laughs> I think in title, um, there's not a ton of coaching. I think coaching has kind of been where I saw the game being most true to me. So whether it would be as the infield coordinator with the Angels or coaching at the University of Arizona uh, the last two years on the field quite a bit uh, with the Dodgers, wearing polyester pants instead of khaki pants was always kind of my preference. So um, this doesn't feel as unusual to me as maybe it does to others. Whenever you know people read books or biographies and you're learning things and you apply them in your own life, I always found myself applying those things in my coaching life. Some people get to coach when they're young and scout when they're old. I scouted when I was young and hopefully coach until I'm old. To understand who you are and, and why you're so perfectly suited for this, I think people have to know your background because you literally were born into coaching, uh, coaching and teaching. That's what picklers do. Uh, your dad is a legend, a junior college coach at Cypress who's turned out dozens of major leaguers, started a program essentially in, in, into one of the most powerful ones around, coached in the Cape Cod League. Uh, I believe your mom was a teacher a, as well. Uh, so this is something that uh, really I would think you've been surrounded by your whole life. This is the first discussions when you were a kid around the dinner table where, you know, would you steal here, would you button here, uh, would you give them the green light 3-0 in this situation. This is kind of just how we've talked since uh, since I was young, so this feels very comfortable. I think uh, being exposed to Pops, and he's not a big pontificator and he doesn't have a lot of philosophies, but having watched him go about it and how he deals with players and, and his coaches and uh, how he's molded teams. It's, uh, he's a special, uh, special individual, and there's, I've been fortunate enough to kind of get a firsthand view of it. You not only saw it as his son, but you went and played for him for a year at Cypress, and you, you did, could have gone to a lot of places right out of high school. Was that something you always wanted to do? Did you always want to play for your dad? Because that's a relationship, whether you're coaching any sport, that can really work with the right people involved, and sometimes they don't want to necessarily coach their kid or play for their father. Yeah, I don't know if it was so much um, 
of wanting to play for for pops i think it was more wanting to be a part of the culture he creates it's fun to be around his place and uh, people like gravitating to being around there and i wanted to be a part of it it helped that i think i got like six or seven hits in the first two games and that kind of helped justify why maybe i was in the lineup but uh yeah it was a good experience i I think he looks back on that year fondly and he took a hands-off approach there was there was other coaches that were doing the majority of the coaching now let's talk about influences in your career uh you played for your dad and obviously he would be one of the major ones played for a great college coach in tennessee in in rod delmonico you played for a ton of managers coordinators uh, instructors throughout a lengthy career in professional baseball Uh, who are some of the other people you've drawn on as you've molded your own personal philosophy of the game moving forward yeah i think you know we're, we're we're all a a conglomeration of those that have had a chance to influence us. I, I played for a, rel- a lot of really good baseball people, and, and you feel like almost like the gospel, your gospel is is a, made up of all the things that you took from them. Um, I was joking with Perk the other day. He said, hey, I kind of like that drill. I said, oh, I stole that from so-and-so, you know, and we just kind of take other people's ideas. But post-playing career, um Went to work for Josh Burns, who was the general manager of the Diamondbacks. Um, good introduction into pro ball, um, the direction the game was going. Josh, not overly philosophical. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Just try to stay balanced, stay level-headed. I think that's uh, something that's really served me well. From the playing standpoint, my first manager in pro ball was Eddie Cedar. Eddie's now the third base coach for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Eddie was really good at teaching me as a college player to come in and how to play the game as a professional. And then off the field stuff, uh, Dave Malpaz, who's a special assistant to the Cleveland Indians, special assistant to the general manager, uh, has been a terrific mentor on a lot of areas, uh, especially on the infield play stuff. And and then on the scouting side, Billy Gasparino, who Billy and I have had a long rapport together, both dating back to our time as players, took a lot from him. Early years, Chip Hale. Chip was our third base coach in Arizona when I first got done playing. Uh, Chip's energy and, and his connection with players was something that uh, I looked up to. I think Chip's really special. Um, but I think, come on, I think a lot of this goes back to uh, the household and, and Pops is kind of uh, the number one there. I want to talk uh, kind of off of that point and just baseball in general. So much of what people talk about now is where's the game going? Uh, and if something, anything, a game or an idea, the city quits moving forward, then it gets stale and, and it dies. And yet there's this public perception of the game as either it's being ruined, uh, why aren't we doing it like we used to, we need to change it. There's this constant tinkering. And I feel like uh, in the game today, you have to be able to ride that wave and you have to corral it and you have to understand that the truth lies in the middle uh, with we have to change, but let's change for the better. Let's do it for the right reasons. So much of, of that is going on on a daily basis amongst fans, amongst players, amongst staffs. Uh, is that the challenge? Is that the biggest challenge? And is that where someone like yourself fits in so well? Because you are so well-versed in the old-school principles, for lack of a better description. Uh, you've played. you got the dirt on your spikes, and yet you're open-minded and willing to think about where we can go and how we can do it differently. Well, I think the first thing is we should never be offended by a new idea. Uh, if it's all in an effort to try and be great, then we should listen. We may not have to buy into it wholeheartedly, 
But if we're ever offended by a new idea, we got a chance to have a blind spot. So I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing we have to realize is that everybody wants the same thing. We want to win games, we want to create runs, and we want to prevent runs. We may be doing a little bit better job now of understanding how we do those things, but it's all in the service of the same master. Mm-hmm. Score more runs, prevent more runs, win more games. Like, that hasn't changed. So it, this idea that old school and new school are competing interests doesn't make any sense to me. Like the, the old school wants to win games. The new school wants to win games. Both have good ideas how to do it. If we go too far in one direction, we're in trouble either way. So um, to me, it's a yes, all the above type approach. I think the one thing that you know I've said before is I think these analytics um, are factual, Oftentimes, facts are more complicated. So we can use analytics, and they're factual, and they tell part of the story. And our job is to continue to pull back layers and create a full story. Because when we go to players and we're coaching players, players aren't going to remember facts by and large. They're going to remember stories. Tell me how to win a ball game today. Tell me how to get this guy out. Tell me who this hitter is. Tell me who this pitcher is. They don't want to hear that he's 72% curveball and one, two counts. It's just nobody remembers that kind of stuff. So I don't think that um, analytics is necessarily how the game is going. It's helping coaches tell a better story because that's what players resonate with. That's what what, um, helps stick. And then the last piece of this is, and this is where, if you look at now where, you know, you talked about the, the flow of the game and where we're going. I think we're going in two directions. One, uh, I think the pendulum has really swung back on uh, being aggressive early in the count and making sure that we're not giving away strike one. In the money ball era, work counts, work counts, work counts. Now a guy's got nasty stuff, the strikeouts are up, and going deep in the count might just be a recipe to striking out more. So you see more aggressiveness now coming back in the game, which is old school. Now that's new school, right? Um, it was, hey, you know, they can be the best makeup guy in the world, but we need good players. That was then. Now here we are, you get the Cubs saying, hey, we made a conscious, conscious effort to improve our makeup and our chemistry. That was old school. Now that's new school. So I think um, – Going too far in any one direction is the danger, and finding value in different pieces of information and the teams that do that and implement it. That's probably the most hot-button topic in the game right now is it's not having information. It's getting information implemented on the field that is the next competitive advantage because we all have access to the same good information now. Yeah, if you're looking for simple buzzwords and easy headlines, short attention span, Jeff Pickler, not your guy. Some complex stuff, some very fascinating stuff. Going to be fun to hear more from him, watch him work all season long. This is Deep Cuts. Take a break. Back with Byung-Ho Park on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. First to 2-2 from Elias. Here it comes. And Park swings and bangs one high at deep to center field. Selsky will turn at the wall. It's back in this is gone. Young Old Park, Homer's to dead center. Welcome back to Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. We're honing in on the start of the season, and it's a great time to catch up with a guy that we kind of introduced Twins territory to last year. We even got him to sing on the radio, and that is Byung-Ho Park. And uh, Byung-Ho Park, uh, uh, this year, year two in the organization, you're in phenomenal shape, you're healthy, and you also have uh, a new sidekick here. Uh, J.D. has moved on, and Teddy is now here. And uh, uh, how was that process 
because this is a relationship unlike any in baseball when you're working with an interpreter literally day in day out. JD, JD, absolutely did a phenomenal job. Um, and he, as he talked to JD at the end of the season, uh, JD has a little family issue in there in Korea, so um, there was very un- unfortunate to send him over to Korea. Uh, Korea, but uh, so and then he was trying to find out uh, a guy as as good as JD, but uh, he luckily find a guy is not as much as good as. Uh, JD, but um, he he likes to hang out with me right now, so I'm happy that he answered that he likes me now. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's, that's a, good a answer. that's a very good answer. Health is the biggest issue, and and how healthy are you now? Because you certainly are playing free and easy, and and seemingly very relaxed. But. He had no problem in the uh, places on his uh, his right hand, the surgery places. Um, he feels very good of overall his body. Uh, body um, uh, during the spring training camp, he has been doing great job. He feels really great about his body, so I feel great about along the season too. Young Ho, is it easier the second time around for you after last year with the big transition? There was more media, there was more made of it. You'd never done it. Having been through this before, is it easier to focus purely on the baseball? I think you brought the great point. Um, I, I, I could mainly focus on now purely baseball now, um, comparing to the last season where I've tried, tried to adjust a lot of different things outside baseball, inside baseball. So I think it's a great uh, learning curve. As uh, coming into the second year, I could uh, purely focusing on the baseball and trying to have my bat uh, at the plate. Byung-ho, were there things you learned about the way the game is played here last season through your experience here in Rochester as well that you can now put into play and make you a better and more effective hitter this year? Yeah, I think it's a whole new season. Uh, absolutely, I learned a lot of different things uh, as I um, get, into the, get into the field last season. It's a whole different world. Uh, the war baseball that I'm from Korea, so um, I feel really great about um, the learning, uh, the lessons that I had from the last season, uh, transit to the second year, um, coming to the spring training camp, and then uh, coming season. One thing that's really evident is you look like you're having a lot of fun playing on the field. I mean, it, you got almost a bounce in your step. Is that accurate? He's trying to play baseball um, as comfortably as possible. Um, as he feels the spring training camp games are just games in the spring training camp. Um, but he admits that he needs to show what I have now. But um, he, I, I want to just uh, enjoy as much as possible um, playing in baseball and out the field. And it's working. Our thanks to Byung-Ho Park. Teddy as well. Look forward to having these guys around all year long. This is Deep Cuts on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Chris Atterbury from our network headquarters here at Target Field, Twins victorious today in spring training action uh, in Fort Myers, 8-0 over the Cardinals. We've heard from Jeff Pickler, going to have three cuts with him in a moment. Also heard from Byung-Ho Park. A reminder, we're brought to you by Discover St. Louis Park, and you can find us streaming, and apparently a bunch of you have, at Facebook Live, uh, online, and, of course, across our network. Nowhere else you can find us here at Target Field. The Flex Plan gets you to 20 games of your choosing. You'll want to check that out. And an amazing deal, the Spring Ballpark Pass. It's all done on your mobile device, 99 bucks, And you can go to 
30 games. It's amazing. Every game in uh, April and May saved for opening day here at Target Field. That's every team in the division. Uh, that also includes the Red Sox, the Mariners, uh, the Astros are in that bunch. I'd love to see if somebody could go to all 30. And we'll, we'll dig, I'll tell you, we'll dig up a prize here in the radio studio if you can prove you went to all 30 games. Right now, we'll step aside when we come back. Three cuts with Jeff Pickler. You won't want to miss it. I'm home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to another edition of Deep Cuts with the Minnesota Twins. Almost time to put this one on the shelf for the, another offseason and get started uh, with the 2017 campaign. We're joined by Coach Jeff Pickler, and it's time for three cuts. And the guy could swing it a little bit, so we got to make sure we're not in the fat part of the zone. Three questions here, Jeff. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're terrible, uh, and, and we'll let you kind of expound. I'm going to start with this one. You and Phil Hughes attended the same high school. Who had the better prep career at Foothill? Uh, Phil, by far. Um, it's funny. My my wife actually was a track coach at Foothill when uh, Phil was a pitcher there, and so he won on the track team. <laughs> no, 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 no. But she, but the, the the track and the baseball field are very close together. And uh, uh, Erica could hear from across the campus uh, Coach Vince Brown coaching uh, Phil and drawing out the best in him. But uh, Phil, Phil, we'll, we'll give Phil the nod with the high school career. All right. It had to be close, though. I'm going to say it was probably pretty close. We've talked a lot about your dad at, at Cyprus, and you played for him. He's had a, t- a ton of major leaguers. It, it's only natural when you're a kid and you start idolizing, you have your favorite players. Is it possible for you to pick out a guy or two that played for your dad that when you were little you, you wanted to be, that they were your guy? Um, yeah, but it may not be the guys that were uh, became ultimately became his big leaguers. I think – Pops would come home and tell stories about players that uh, either went about it the right way or guys that were improving or doing things that other people didn't think they had in them. And I probably tended to look up to those players more than I did the guys that eventually became the really good big leaguers. Um, I ended up developing a really funky on-deck swing that a lot of people like to make fun of. People asked where it came from, and I said, well, at one point I asked my father... How come Izzy Gonzalez has so many doubles? Pops' answer was because he keeps his bat on plane for two days. And so I went on deck and tried to create a practice swing that kept the bat on plane for two days, and it was pretty funky looking. And I don't think I swung like that in the box, but so maybe Izzy Gonzalez was uh, the guy whose practice swing or length on the plane I wanted to emulate. Is it something even now where you'll run into a Jason Vargas who will see her, or Castro who played for your dad on the Cape? Well, you'll have – current players come up to you and be like, hey, I, play, I played for your dad. Yeah, sure. And that, that web, especially with the Cape and Cypress, that, that tree extends out pretty far. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I'm pretty in tune with who those players are. But, you know, Baxendale came up here the other day to throw for us, and, and he was with Pick back in the Cape. And uh, the other day uh, Fetty pitched on the mound. We had Castro behind the plate. You know, when we played Team USA, Posey was on the other side. And uh, – it's it's I think it's neat and a testament to the amount of players' lives that uh, that Pops has been able to touch. Right, the last one I want to take you to Knoxville, where you played uh, played your college ball for the Vols. Those sweet uniforms you guys would always wear. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hypothetical. Best restaurant in Knoxville. There's one table left, and Peyton Manning and Todd Helton come through the door at the same time. Who gets the table? They'll offer the table to Peyton. He will defer and give it to Todd. <laughs> and then they'll eat together? <laughs> Decent chance. Um, 
Although if they have to pass something, I'd rather have Peyton pass it. Very well said. Three cuts with Jeff Pickler. This has been another edition of Deep Cuts. We appreciate Coach Pickler for stopping by. And we'll catch you again next week on your home for Twins Baseball. Minnesota Twins, presented by Discover St. Louis Park. Stay, shop, eat, and play comfortably close to Target Field. Find it all at discoverstlouispark.com. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.